0: Banded together from remote galaxies are 13 of the most sinister villains of all time, the Legion of Doom. Dedicated to a single objective, the conquest of the universe. Only one group dares to challenge this intergalactic threat, the Super Friends. Hello. Welcome to a sizzling episode of FW Presents. Where did he get those wonderful games, or wonderful games for short? I'm your host, Rob Kelly. Uh, I'm here, I'm flying solo uh, this time, to talk about a particular favorite piece of superhero merchandise that I had as a kid. And this is, I probably could have called this uh, an episode of uh, Wonderful Toys, where did he get those wonderful toys? But I don't want Chris Franklin to get mad at me, so never rub another man's rhubarb. So uh, I'm calling it, uh, where does he get those wonderful games? Because the thing I'm here to talk about is a... Superheroes Checker Set from 1976 produced by Hasbro. And so why am I devoting an entire podcast just about this game? Well, this, this item was particularly beloved to me as a child. There is a photo in our uh, family album uh, from the, uh, the the Poconos. Of course, I've, I've talked about that extensively over on my Mountain Comics show. And it's me laying on the floor for my, would have been my fifth birthday, uh, exhausted from the sheer excitement of it all. And you can see that I'm surrounded by the toys that I got that year for my birthday and off to the right off to actually to my left is a Shogun warrior and then a little bit closer is this superheroes checker set it must have been a really 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 good birthday uh, anyway um this checker set this photo existed in our family album for years and years and years and over time lost the checker set and I sort of forgot all about it and then when I kind of got older and I started going back and looking back into all the toys that I had as a kid and kind of wanting to get some of them again I, I my memory was triggered again by having this checker set. I was like, wow, I forgot about that thing. I haven't seen that in years. And so right in the beginnings of eBay, like in the late nineties and early two thousands, I would go and look for this thing and I could never find it. And I could never find any proof of of its existence on Google. I couldn't find any Google images. And so it kind of became like this big white whale for me that like, I know this thing was out there because there's a photo of it, but I can't find any proof of its existence anywhere. And so the more I couldn't find it, the more I was determined to find it like it, it became like an inverse uh you know proportion kind of thing like the, the more I couldn't get it the more I wanted it and so I would just keep keep my eye out on eBay and I never would find it again I'd never find any images on Google and then I finally mentioned it one day around 2008 on the Aquaman Shrine and I posted the picture of me asleep with the game and I said you know hey if anybody ever finds this thing let me know I'd love to get it and then I think like a couple of years later uh one uh, one of the phone members uh, said hey Rob I, the game that you're looking for is finally on ebay uh, you might want to check it out. And so I checked out the auction, and I was super excited because that was it. That was the game. It was totally the thing I was looking for. And so I kept quiet for a couple of days, and I waited till the very end to put my bid in. And uh, I didn't i didn't really have to worry because the game ended up going for like $25. I think I was the only bidder. No one really cared about it. But anyway, I was super excited. So I finally got this set in the mail, and I, I, I absolutely fell in love with it all over again. It was just everything that I remembered. And, the, and the, part of the reason I'm here to talk about it again is that it's so Special is that in the 70s, a lot of you that are too young to remember this, in the 70s, uh, most superhero merchandise, especially DC related stuff, really focused on four to five essential characters. And you can always, you know, you know what characters I'm talking about. It's going to be Superman, Batman, Robin, Wonder Woman. Maybe Aquaman if it's a Super Friends related thing, but that was generally it. Every so often if somebody was really expansive and they needed like a couple extra characters, they would throw in a Batgirl or a Supergirl, maybe Flash or Green Lantern, but that was pretty rare. So you kind of had to live with that if you wanted a piece of DC comic book merchandise, it was going to have one of the five Super Friends on it and that was pretty much it but what makes this game so special is that it digs so deep into the bench of DC lore and you know in 1976 even though i was only 5 years old i was st- i was completely steeped in the world of comics and DC superheroes and so i think part of the the attraction to this game is that it does go so deep into the lore of DC comics and you know when you're a kid you're not you're not used to seeing that kind of stuff translated into another medium nowadays of course every conceivable character that's ever been put in a DC or Marvel comic is probably going to get a movie at this point but back then it was really really rare and it just in a weird way, it kind of gave your feelings of love for these characters more validity uh, because it was – somebody bothered to put this on like a game or a cup or even an action figure or something like that. And so it was just so much more exciting to see the thing and be able to hold it in your hand outside of the world of comic books. So that's what made this game so exciting. So I'm going to go over a little bit about the pieces of this of this thing because, as I said, I think it's, it's fun to talk about. And by the way, you'll be able to see images of all of these pieces over on the website, which is Fire and Water Podcast. There will be a separate gallery post And you'll see pictures of all the game pieces that I'm talking So like I said, this is a superheroes checker set Uh, The words DC actually Don't appear anywhere on it Uh, This was before DC, they bothered Branding, I think I think i had read that Marvel and DC got together and, like, co-licensed the word superhero so they, they both could use it. And that became, like, the de facto kind of brand. This isn't called Super Friends because, again, it goes so extensively further into the characters of the DC universe. I guess that's why it's not called Super Friends. But anyway, it's called the Super Heroes Checker Set. And uh, on the cover, you've got these images, these drawings of these four game pieces, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman. And they are... Dick Giordano Stock Art. Again, you'll see this on the website. You've seen these pictures before. It's the shots of the superheroes flying out towards the camera. They use it on the opening credits of the Challenge of the Super Friends. You've seen it on the Justice League of America DC Treasury, where it's got the nine heroes flying out from the center. And so you've got Superman flying, Batman running, Aquaman flying, and Wonder Woman flying. And so, again, right there, just as an Aquaman fan, like, it's so cool that Aquaman made the cover to this thing. And on the bottom right, there's a little piece that shows you the game pieces full size and it says checkers an all-time favorite now with the sizzling excitement of the dynamic superheroes you betcha so you open up the, the game, and luckily, this game that I bought it came complete. It comes with uh, 12 hero pieces and 12 villain pieces, and it came, came complete. Not anything missing. Again, I think one of these game pieces missing, which just ruin the whole thing. So luckily, it came complete. It comes with a game board, and it's got blue and yellow squares, and on the one side, it says superheroes, and on the other side, it says super foes. And it comes with these little blue and yellow little plastic stands that you insert the cards into, and then you set it all up, and you play your checkers. So, the game pieces, again, this is what what makes this so exciting and I'm actually going to get into these after I go through the characters in a line I'm going to go through the individual drawings because I think it's it's worth remarking upon so on the hero side you've got cards for game pieces for Superman of course Aquaman Wonder Woman Batman Robin all right Supergirl Flash Green Lantern okay unusual but not that unusual but then in the f- the bottom four Green Arrow Hawkman Black Canary and Metamorpho that, even to this day, that still sort of blows my mind, that Metamorpho made it onto a piece of game merchandise. I have to assume it's because he had just appeared in that power record, uh, with the one with Plastic Man, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Flash, and maybe they were they were thinking, I don't know, like, looking at him as, as a potential merchandising star? I don't know. It seems unlikely. It's also too much of a coincidence that practically the only two pieces of merchandising that Metamorpho ever appeared on just happened to be released like within like a year of each other or something. So I have to feel there's there's some connection there. Art-wise, again, this is where it gets unusual in that you have a mixture of your, your classic stock art, stuff that would have been used and repurposed over and over again, and then you could see that it gets a little, they have to dig a little deeper for maybe some of these characters that didn't have stock art prepared. So Superman, it's by Murphy Anderson. It's a piece you've seen a million times. I think it was even the cover corner symbol back when DC was briefly doing that so that's a pretty standard pose the Aquaman shot is by Dick Giordano it's the same one from the cover the Wonder Woman shot is her walking I don't know who that's by it's a piece of merchandising art you've seen it mostly in the 60s and 70s maybe even in the 80s and it's her just kind of like doing this defiant walk I'm not sure who drew it I can't figure out quite I can't quite figure out the style The Batman and Robin are Carmen Infantino. It's the Batman shot of him with his hands on his hips just standing there, and then there's Robin running. You've seen it, again, on a million other pieces of merchandise. The Supergirl, again, is is pretty much the standard uh, merchandising uh, shot of her. I had a Supergirl puzzle that has this on the other side of it, so that was, like, the shot that they used. Again, it's probably Murphy Anderson. It's so hard to tell because these game pieces are again, two inches high. So it's hard to, hard to make it out, but it's probably that. The Flash piece, I have no idea where this is from. It looks like it's just taken from a panel uh, because he's in kind of like this weird stopping motion. looks like he's like almost skidding to a stop. If I had to guess, my eagle eyes, I would say it's Irv Novick is the Flash artist here. I, again, I just don't know. It, 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 You'll be able to look at all, as I said, you'll be able to look at all these pieces on FireAndWaterPodcast.com. And if uh, you can spot the definitively who drew this, let me know because I would love to find out. Green Lantern is the classic Gil Kane shot of Green Lantern running, posting and uh, jamming his fist out with the ring. Green Arrow is the Murphy Anderson shot of him pulling back his bow and ready to fire it. Hawkman is the Dick Giordano shot of Hawkman flying from that Justice League cover. The Metamorpho, I I can't quite figure it out. He's got a metallic arm. I think it's from the cover to Justice League of America number 42. Metamorpho says no. But he's in a slightly different position. So I have to wonder if like, the top half of him wasn't taken from that cover, which would have been by Mike Sikowski. And then the bottom half redrawn? I don't know. It's, it, he's just standing there looking off to the side. It's not the most heroic pose in the world. But I'm guessing you know, they probably didn't have that much Metamorpho art lying around uh to do and so yeah it's a very it's, it's an unusual piece and then the black canary this i was this is her almost doing like a sexy pose she's got her hand on her on her hair running through her hair and she's kind of like sh- shoving her uh her hips out to the side and, of course, she's got the fishnets on. It's a pretty, you know, non-child-ready pose for, for a kid's toy. And I think a couple of years ago I took a shot of it and sent it over to our resident Black Canary expert, Ryan Daly. And he was able to identify that it's from a panel from World's Finest Comics back when Mike Nasser was drawing the Black Canary solo strip. So there you go. That's where they pulled it from, which would have been around that time, 75, 76. And for those of you that don't know the details of, like, how this stuff gets created, of course, nowadays everything's digitized all these characters have been merchandised for many, many years, and there's a whole separate department of stuff that just does this. That has this stuff ready to go out. The thick, giant books are issued to licensors with this art. Maybe not, maybe not books anymore. In my day, it was books, but it's probably just all PDFs at this point. But nevertheless, in, in the, even in the '90s, these giant books were issued with clean, black and white stock art that you could f- photograph and then reuse for your purposes. And those were like officially. Uh, Sanctioned pieces of artwork But in the 70s when all this stuff Was still kind of new And DC Comics and Marvel Comics Didn't really fully appreciate that this stuff Could be merchandise as well as it was They probably had somebody back in In the bullpen Go back and say hey go through a bunch of old files Find a nice shot of Black Canary A decent pose And then stat it, probably cut out the background and touch it up to make it ready for a a game piece or or 7-Eleven Slurpee Cup or something like that. That's what they literally had to do. There's an article in Back Issue about the 7-Eleven Marvel Slurpee Cups. And it's an interview with, I believe, Patty Cockrum, who spent a lot of time going through these old Marvel comics. And finding images that were decent enough to use or even having to redraw some of them. But that's how this stuff was done. It was really kind of done with spit and bailing wire. It was just we don't have a stock shot of Black Canary, so find one out of a comic book and do the best you can. So that's that's what they did in this case. It's from from like Nasser. So again, I love that you've got the main heroes, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Robin, and then you kinda of, kind of like a second tier sorry, Ange, Supergirl, Flash Green Lantern, maybe Hawkman is second tier if you wanna be kind of generous to hawkman in terms of his merchandising status back then but then when you're getting into green Arrow, man and morpho and black canary like that is in terms of merchandising characters that is like c-list stuff and i just i love it i love that there's a game that exists with these pieces so those are the heroes so now we're going to move on to the villains the list of villains is even more interesting because it's it's even more obscure we start off of course with joker penguin catwoman riddler the big four the batman villains Second tier, I'm saying our Brainiac, Grodd, Cheetah, mixes Piddlek, because mixes Piddlek of course had Amigo doll at least, and then for <laughs> the bottom four, the Shark, Doctor Light, Captain Boomerang, and Bizarro. I mean, who in their right mind would ever think to put Doctor Light or the Shark on a piece of merchandise? And that shows how deep they had to go again to find villains. My initial thought was they were trying to do one-to-one and that they were like, okay, we have Superman, so let's have a Superman villain mix as Pidelec. Well, let's have two Superman villains. we we'll Brainiac. Strangely, no Luthor in this set, the most famous Superman villain of all. No Luthor. But that doesn't really track because we've got four Batman villains. Of course, Batman villains are the most famous villains. They're from the TV show. They were on the cartoon. I mean, good lord, Joker is getting his own movie for Pete's sake. It's a villain with his own movie. But then, you know, and you've got, say, like Flash and Grodd. Okay, they they match up. Green Lantern, and the shark. They kind of match up. Unbelievable, the shark is a Green Lantern villain, not an Aquaman villain. But then you've got Flash and Boomerang again, and Aquaman doesn't get a villain. Like, there's no Black Manta here. There's no Ocean Master here. So that's kind of unusual. Supergirl really had no established villains, so she doesn't uh, get a matching one. Wonder Woman and Cheetah, of course. Uh, Superman gets another one with Bizarro. And Dr. Light is this kind of, like, all-purpose villain for everybody uh, against the Justice League. In terms of the art that was used, the Joker-Penguin... And Riddler shots are all Carmen Infantino. They're from the merchandising that you've seen for decades. Those pieces have been seen a thousand different times. The Catwoman, I'm not exactly sure where the Catwoman is from. I've seen it before. I think it's a 40s shot, but I I can't exactly be sure. It's her swinging uh, kind of into the frame with her skirt flying and her cape flying. The Brainiac is literally the Green Lantern shot redrawn as Brainiac. It's the exact same pose. He's running. It, you look at it, they are mirror images, except that it's Brainiac instead of Green Lantern. So they, they just took that pose and redrew it as Brainiac. I don't know why. For the amount of redrawing you have to do to make it Green Lantern Brainiac, uh, it seems like you could just draw an entirely new pose. But somebody probably had to get this done. Grodd, it's probably a Carmen Infantino pose. I can't quite make it out. Again, it's very dark, and it's just him sort of standing there, legs akimbo. The cheetah... I am 99% sure is an H.G. Peter drawing of the Cheetah because it's the old school Cheetah with the little cub ears. It's, uh, she's got the, the mask over her entire head as opposed to the more late, the later version where the, her hair was out. Um, so that is again H.G. Peter. <laughs> That's how far into the vaults they were digging. They were going into 1940s Wonder Woman comics to find Cheetah artwork. The mix says Pitilic, I think, is maybe Wayne Boring. I don't know. It's, it's definitely from like a 50s Superman comic. You can sort of tell that it just has that kind of older style and i can't maybe it's like george papp perhaps it's it's just him floating the shark is him just standing looking up into the heavens i have to assume it's it's gil kane because as in the shark made a lot of appearances in the green lantern comics and they were all drawn by gil kane so i think it's gil kane the dr light pose is right off of justice league of america number 12 which is his first appearance where he's brandishing one of his light weapons against the justice league and it's just him with his hand on a controller and that's coley with the poses captain boomerang i think is carmen infantino again again odds are it's from probably a 60s flash comic which means carmen infantino and the bizarro i'm pretty sure is wayne boring because he has this huge barrel chest and he's got that bizarro number one medallion hanging around his neck so i think that's wayne boring so i love seeing characters this obscure on a game i just find it so charming this was when this was just back when nobody else knew who these characters were. I mean the cheetah didn't make it into the Wonder Woman TV series I mean she didn't she never made it into a cartoon until Challenge of the Super Friends, which wasn 't until a couple of years later so i I'm just so charmed by this set that they realized well we have twelve you know you need twelve pieces for each side of a checker set so the standard 5 heroes is not going to do it for us we really have to go deeper and i just love that i love the idea that that was somebody's job at dc comics probably they said hey hasbro is licensing a superheroes checker said from us go find some villains and i i know this will never happen but i always lo- would love to talk to somebody back then and say but like what was that did did hasbro come to you and say we need five more characters just give us five more characters. That's probably how it worked out. I would imagine Hasbro had no idea who these characters were outside of the big five, the big six. And so they relied on DC Comics to say, well, these characters have a little more fame than some others, uh, I guess. They, that's probably how it worked, but I just find all... Maybe... I, I know I'm a giant nerd, but if you're listening to this, you're a giant nerd too. I find all this stuff fascinating. Just the idea of how this stuff was constructed. So that's the set. That is the set. And I have vague memories of playing this game with my dad or probably my mom or something. I'm sure they just regarded it as checkers. Like, anything else none of these pieces meant anything to me? But like I said, it was it was so exciting to have... Um, this set that featured characters that only, I feel like, I felt like only I knew. I only knew them from reading the comic books, and they weren't characters that other people knew, that they, they weren't, they didn't appear in TV, they didn't appear in cartoons, and yet I knew who they were, and they were important to me. Knowing who the shark was, and knowing who Dr. Light was, and knowing who Green Arrow was, that was, like, important to me, and so, that's why the set was so beloved to me, and I am just, I, over the years, I have gotten rid of most of the toys that I've gotten. I've sold them, given away, or whatever, but I, I still keep this set. It's sitting uh, to my left here as I, as I talk, and I just love it, and I'll never get rid of it. It's just probably one of my most beloved beloved pieces of DC superhero merchandise. And I think there there have to be checker set nowadays and I would love to know like what characters are on those. It's probably just as obscure at this point. Uh but but again, back in nineteen seventy six that was that was pretty, pretty unusual. So I love this game. Again, you'll be able to see pictures of the game pieces over on the website, which is FireAndWaterPodcast.com. And uh, if you had this game, if you're if you're listening to this and you're out there and you had this game, let me know. I would love to know. I, I've never known anybody else that's had this thing. Uh, so if you've had it, uh, let me know. I would love to to swap stories with you about if, if you had this game too. So uh, I think that is going to do it for this episode of Where Does He Get Those Wonderful Games or Wonderful Games for short. Uh, I wanted to do this partly because I love the toy talk we do on the network. I don't feel like we do enough of it. I love Chris's wonderful toys episodes. I'm always bugging him to do more. Um, I wish everybody else did toy episodes. I just think this, it's so much fun to talk about. So this is just my little effort. And if uh, I'd like to know your thoughts. So go to the website, Fire and leave a comment and I'd love to discuss toys. You're, some of your favorite toys, some of your favorite superhero toys from, from your childhood and I'd uh, love to hear about the, hear those stories. So thanks everybody for listening and uh, we will see you later. Bye. Banded together from remote galaxies are 13 of the most sinister villains of all time, the Legion of Doom. Only one group dares to challenge this intergalactic threat. The Super Friends. Superman. Wonder Woman. Aquaman. And Batman and Robin. Call forth allies and special abilities to defeat the forces of evil. But beware of traps and challenges from the super-villains. Defeat as many dastardly villains as possible to win. Super small, super fast, super fun. Challenge of the Super Friends card game.